0: Hello, and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast. Each week, we'll be joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Amy Austin, news editor, FT Advisor, and today I will be discussing the pensions dashboard and what it means for advisors with Heather Hopkins, Chief Executive of Next Wealth, and Jonathan Hawkins, Principal Business Consultant at Bravura. Welcome to you both, and thanks for joining us. So once they go live, pensions dashboards will allow people to see information about all their pensions in one place. This includes private pensions such as DB and DC, SIPs, and as well as any other public sector pensions and also the state pension as well. Um, Pension schemes will connect with the PDP ecosystem on a staggered basis and what we know is that it's going to be in three waves. So the first wave will start in April 2023, so not long to go, and these will be the biggest schemes. Media schemes, medium schemes will then form the second wave between October 2024 and October 2025, and small and micro schemes are likely to be in 2026, so we're a few years ahead from that. So, um, Jonathan, let's start with you. What should the industry be doing right now to kind of get prepared for these dates?
1: Well, I think there's two um, two sides to this. There's what I call the compliance side, and then there's the um, the sort of future looking side of how to deal with with individuals, individual citizens, and adv- the advised public. Um, I think the the industry generally is looking at the compliance side. So, how do we connect our data sources to the pensions dashboard infrastructure? So that central digital infrastructure. Um, how do you connect into that? And there's a lot of technical challenges in how to to best do that. Um, the second one is starting to, to sort of get some momentum of, okay, when this exists, how is that going to change things like the advice journeys? How is it going to change onboarding of clients? How is it going to change what individuals think or need to know when they're looking at all this data? Because one of the things we do as, a, as an industry... Um, and the wider pension industry is just give people data and expect them to understand it. And uh, uh, we really know that's that's going to be quite tricky.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess with the kind of the pensions dashboards, that's what they're kind of aiming to do, isn't it? Put this data in one place in an easy kind of format that people, you know, like the average Joe can kind of just go on, look at it and say, OK, this is what I'm going to retire with. Maybe I should do X, Y, Z or should I go speak to an advisor? Is this kind of, you know, the point of them?
1: Yes, I mean it's it's re it's reacquainting people with lost pensions. It's uh, giving everything in one place because, as we know, some some people have some firms have got things online, other people have not got things online. I think it's really going to shine uh, a spotlight into sort of the dark, murky corners of pensions that have been there for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and, you know, I think some of the older providers okay, might get a bit of a shock when people start looking and kind of thinking, oh, hang on a minute, how much am I paying for that? And um, and I think, you know, that's something that that is really the aim of it, is to, to put people more in control. And and that's going to be quite transformative, in my opinion, of, of how people relate to their, their retirement incomes.
0: Sure. And um, what can we kind of expect them to look like, you know, from the get go? So when the big schemes go live in 2023, you know, is it going to be the most basic of information or are costs and charges, will they appear on there? Um, yeah, so, there's,
1: there, so I think there's, there's, a, there's a key uh, piece of information here is that there's going to be a dashboards, dashboard's availability point. And that is likely to be, we think, is probably end of 2024 some point around there and the idea is is that there will be a vast majority of pension schemes and pension providers staged by that point because we don't want individuals going on and then only seeing a a small portion of their pensions uh, on there so that's likely to be from 2024 there'll be a maps dashboard and then there'll be opportunities for other commercial providers to provide their own dashboards and there's there's going to be uh, regulation to say what can and cannot be included in that space, and I think there's real opportunity for organisations to really engage with their customers. I think from the advisor perspective is to think about how it can transform their journey with existing and new customers, and uh, and there's the, the opportunity, uh, particularly in that advice sector, is being able to. Uh, delegates to your advisor the ability to look up those figures and look up that information. So it could really transform that uh, data collection piece.
0: Brilliant. So Heather, um, what kind of tech challenges will there be of setting up a dashboard and kind of getting all the pension information onto a dashboard? So I
1: think
2: the challenges are going to depend based on the type of company and how modern they're. Uh, data infrastructure and systems are within their firm. Um, for example, firms that have made a lot of acquisitions and are running a business off a number of different systems are going to struggle a lot more than more modern businesses with a simple, a more simple um, data architecture. And so, some of the big pension providers that have acquired lots of books, some of those might close books. They might have more trouble. Pulling off data from those systems and matching that against, um, you know, against some basic queries from customers. Um, so yes, I think it's going It really depends on the type of the type of business. Um, but hopefully, it'll be a way to push those providers with those closed books to modernise that infrastructure and to make that information and data more accessible. And um, so it might be a push to modernise within those businesses.
0: Sure. And what about kind of DB schemes? Because I know I've heard that these are going to be maybe the main problem for dashboards.
2: So, yes, I I think any, any closed book business that isn't actively taking on more assets is going to be more challenged because the investment in the tech infrastructure and the client experience just is going to be there. And that's going to be the case with a number of those deep pension schemes. Absolutely, they'll, they'll probably struggle more than others. But I think that applies to any um, of the more closed book schemes where they're not taking new money, just managing down what they've got.
0: Sure. And Jonathan, what kind of you know, other tech challenges do you reckon they might crop up?
1: I think, as, uh, as Heather says, there, there's there's the the connection challenge. There's also the the sort of matching challenge. So making sure that the data that you've got. Is as good as it could possibly could be. So when you're trying to match people, we aren't as lucky as as Australia, for example, where they've got the tax file number that uh, that is you know linked uniquely or pretty much uniquely to an individual. We have NI numbers, but they aren't unique and they're not universal. So um, we've got some really individual challenges in that. So we've got to match. Or each, each scheme that has or each uh, platform that has data for, for their members and their policyholders will get a feed from the dashboard central infrastructure saying, have you got, for example, Jonathan Hawkins with this date of birth and this NI number, and you have to go through and try and match that information to your policies. That is going to be a real challenge. Doing it accurately is hard. Um, And then dealing with the fallout from having, uh, you know, these possible matches, these maybe matches where perhaps you can match two out of three, two out of four items of data. Where do you say, "Mm, I think I've got something for you, but I'm not sure that's going to create a huge customer service overhead. So it's going to have a real operational impact. And in doing that, customers are going to be asking questions.
0: Sure. And Heather, do you reckon there'll be, you know, any GDPR risks, for example, you know, with all this massive amount of tech, and massive amount of data, you know, surely something might go wrong on the odd occasion. And, you know, you might, I don't know, give someone else's pension information over, for example. Is there a risk of that, do you reckon?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, there's always risk of, of getting it wrong and sharing the wrong information with the wrong person. And unfortunately, although those cases will probably be exceptions, um, unfortunately, for the providers involved, um, either those will be really high profile and um, and potentially really reputationally damaging. For them, I think you know when it when it comes to financial advisors, that's where you know they can still play a really important role with customers to make sure the information is all correct, that it's all complete, um, and to help people really understand what they've got and um, and what that what that means in real terms in terms of you know the income that will be able to deliver them in retirement.
0: Sure, and Heather, just staying with you for the moment. Should, you know, these big schemes be kind of cleaning their data at the moment? Is this kind of a process they might be going through right now just to make sure that everything is, you know, as polished as it can be so that when they're given the kind of go ahead to stick it all on a dashboard and have the live date, that it will all be kind of ready to go?
2: So Uh, yeah, I mean, data cleansing is a really important exercise. I think it's really difficult for the providers because there's still so much unknown. I mean Jonathan's much closer to this than me, but um, you know, in my conversations with some of the platform providers who will be required to share SIP data, do you know, they still have an in a lot of the detail haven't been confirmed um, in terms of the you know the, the timeliness of information how it'll have to be shared and um, whether they're going to use national insurance numbers i don't even know that nino stood for national insurance number so i learned a new acronym <laughs> last week in talking to somebody so there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns and i think that makes it really difficult to then embark on the exercise of data cleansing and so i think you know some clarity on what providers are actually going to have to do, what the implementation might actually look like would be really, really helpful um, so that people can then focus on getting the data um, in order um, so that they can they can apply with, with this in, in time.
0: Sean, sure. Jonathan, what's your experience been with this?
1: Yeah, so I've been involved in pensions dashboards in one way, shape or form for about the last six, seven years um, when they first kicked off with the ABI pilot project. And... The, the, the challenges are still the same. Uh, I think what has made it a little bit easier, perhaps, on the trust-based side is with under the TPR regulations, trustees have had to give data quality scores for quite some time now. But under the FCA-regulated entities, they've not been under that same data quality um, re- requirement. I think there's, there's lots of good work going on. Uh, we're certainly within Bravura spending a lot of time working out what the algorithms are for the matching to try and work out the best way to to kind of get those slight near matches. So McDonald and MacDonald, for example, would be able to get those sort of uh, Soundex kind of uh, things sorted, raise that, mm, we think this is really probably this person, but then kind of look at the next level of data and kind of go, mm, I know we're, we're, we're a little unsure on some of these other things. And it's getting that right. I think, as Heather says, there is a lot of... Information and uh, guidelines still to be finalised, and we we issued a couple of weeks ago a twenty-page response to the, um, the the consultations for dashboards uh, that, that the PDP put out. And there's still a lot of questions that we've raised in there. We've given some some examples and some some suggestions on way to go with uh, with some of this, but it's a big industry project, and and I think as with any big industry project where you're trying to change a lot of things at, at the same time, there's going to be quite a bit of, of work to get there. And I think that's going to be, be the, probably most of uh, our work for at least the next six to eight months, getting those large providers over.
0: Sure. And kind of what is going to be the biggest change, you know, following the introduction of dashboards? Do we think it's going to be, you know, are people going to be more engaged with their pensions? Is it going to work? What What do you think, Jonathan?
1: I think there are going to be more questions coming out of it. I think we're going to have um, a general uh, populace of people who are not used to looking at these numbers, and I think it's going to be for the right firms to really help and guide individuals through. So I think people will engage, but I think if we don't do it properly, people are going to get confused. And the problem is when people get confused, they either make the wrong decisions or they don't make any decision, which, again, could be an incorrect decision and I think there's a lot of a lot of conversations to be had over the next 12 months or so when we're looking at the designs of commercial dashboards to to really help the, the consumer because I think from the advised side it's a case of okay what would a new advised customer be requiring what are the requirements there what is an existing advised customer what's the requirements there but for those people in the mass market of people that don't have a financial advisor and don't have anybody they can call to and turn to what's the what's the opportunity there for them to get the right right guidance and advice and maps is going to do something yeah, but if you know uh, what what can the advice sector offer that sure. mass market
0: and heather, what do you think what's what do you think is going to be kind of the biggest change following the dashboards
2: so I think the more information that consumers have the more empowered they are um and and there's a lot of of research that would suggest that when they're more empowered they engage more so you know so i'm i i have been accused of being a bit of an optimist all around but but i'm really optimistic that this will um you know get people more engaged with their pension more aware of what they have and i think you know often for the last you know since autumn enrollment started workplace savings has been seen as um high volume uh, but low value business and that's changed in the last year where the value of that business um, to pension providers, life companies, SIP providers has, has grown to a level where it's high value business and you have people accumulating significant amounts of wealth. And so I think there's going to be some really, really interesting innovation coming out of workplace savings providers, um, firms looking to offer tech enabled device solutions and to be able to offer a journey to people to um, consolidate their pensions. Um, you know, providers have to be careful that they're not pushing people towards, um, you know, by offering the pensions dashboard information, pushing them towards consolidating to their own pension. But you know, the reality is is that there is a commercial um, imperative behind all these businesses. And I think they will be looking to support clients in consolidating pensions. Um, and, and I think that could be a really good thing to simplify the journey for people. Advisors tell us that one of the most time-consuming parts of working with a new client is getting data from providers, not, not transferring the assets, but just getting information on how much money people have, what are the benefits associated with that policy. So I think there's real opportunities to, to, to provide some infrastructure around the data that be provided as part of Pensions Dashboard um, to get people to save more and have better
0: retirements. Sure, and Heather, just staying with you, what kind of you know are these dashboards going to really mean for advisors? You know, you just mentioned there that you know it will give them a chance to get data around pensions a lot more easily. But do you think it will also kind of give them a better quality of client who are actually coming to you know these meetings well prepared? You know, look at, have already looked at their pension, know what their pension's worth, and you know that a better conversation can be had.
2: Absolutely. I think you know the days of people outsourcing their life admin to a financial advisor and that being the main value are you know numbered, um, the real value is in the financial planning. And so the less time that advice firms can spend chasing down information on the various pensions that people have, and the more time they can help people to think about are they on track to achieve the retirement that they want, to be able to gift the wealth that they want to their children, to be able, you know, to all of the the great things that we want to help people to achieve in their life. And the more that they can spend time on that, the better. And I think Pension Dashboard hopefully should help with that because they'll spend less time chasing up information from providers on pensions. Now, I don't want to oversell it because the first Mm -hmm. version is going to be pretty basic. It's not going to have all of the details on cost and all the benefits associated with plans, but at least it's, you know, that that first that first step. And and it's really important that perfect isn't the enemy. What is it? Perfect isn't the enemy? I feel a bit like George Bush messing up. <laughs> <laughs> expression, but anyway, you know what I'm talking
0: about. Sean, sure, And Jennifer, what can what can advisors kind of see?
1: Well, I think it's it's a real opportunity for the advisors to uh, re Evaluate their journeys with their customers, and we're doing some starting to do some prototyping within bravira to look at what this might look like. So uh, within our, uh, our our ISP, our Dashboards Connect product, we are connecting data sources to uh, to the to the uh, pensions dashboards, and we're running that with our own software, but also others as well. And in, as part of that testing, we're testing out some 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 dashboard prototypes. So we're kind of going, well, what would this look like if we did this? And what might this look like if we did that? And that really starts to get the brain, you know, the juices of the brain going to think, oh, hang on a minute, if we connected these two things, that would really make a difference. I could see how that would really cut down the journey time. For for example, you could have a, a, a new client in with you. You could take them through a, a journey on, on your iPad as an advisor. You could then get them to go onto the uh, pen, a pensions dashboard Give you consent so they so they can you can get the information for their for their policies, and within you know a couple of minutes you can have all of their pensions information at your fingertips and have that discussion there and then. Yeah. And that I think is is something they can't do today. Yeah. So that really not only cuts down the admin time, but it also improves the client process as well in the fact that you can have that real time conversation with your customer about ah well I can see you've got these DB pensions I can see you've got this here and that there and. This is an interesting one. Let's do a bit more digging into what the fees and charges are of that one. So I think there's, there's real opportunity in that space. Yeah,
0: I definitely think the data element of pensions dashboard is really what's going to get advisors excited, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I know many have, you know, fights on their hand each and every day trying to get information from providers. So anything that makes it easier, you know, is always going to be welcomed.
1: And I think that's going to be the, for the, for the existing providers, that's going to be the, the trouble spot. Yeah. Is is, you know, it's really, as I said earlier, shining that bright light into those into those corners.
0: Sure. And just to kind of finish off, the question, you know, that we've been asking for ages and ages and ages, and we now have dates, do we think we will stick to these dates or do you think, you know, we're gonna be waiting another couple of years for this to come is it gonna be delayed again, basically?
1: I think from my perspective, it it's gonna happen whether there are some some pairbacks because We've got a lot to do in that time. And when I say we, I am actually mean the Pensions Dashboard um, program themselves. Mm-hmm. And the FCA have got quite a bit to do themselves. I think from a large providers, they've got a lot to do. But I think they've kind of got most of that in check. And where they haven't, it's because they're waiting for... for Final confirmation, and from our perspective, we're building, making some assumptions because we kind of know what what the result is likely to be, um, and we're just working through those in a, in a sprint pattern. But there's there's lots of discussion still to to be had. Uh, so I think answering your question, I think we'll stick to the dates. Sure. There might be a small amount of slippage, but I, you know, general terms, we're not going to be looking at years. Sure.
0: And as the optimist, Heather, what do you think? <laughs> I really hope it's going to happen
2: when it's supposed to happen, um, but I think there's going to be some slippage, unfortunately. Um, we just—I I really think some clarity needs to be provided very quickly um, if we're actually going to get this done um, in time. Um, and you know, it's important—it's important that it's important the information's right. But I, I'm really hoping that we'll see something in 2023, because it would make a—I think it would make a really big difference to people trying to plan for their retirement. Um, yeah, and you, know, you talk to advisors say you know, six six weeks to give an initial piece of advice to a client. Most of that time is spent chasing providers. Um, the cost savings that could come through to customers um, from just being able to get this information would be huge. Um, so I'm hopeful, but I think we'll see some stoppage.
0: Sure. Well, fingers crossed, 2023 is the year. Heather, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us this week. Tune in next week where we will discuss other goings-on in the industry.